Hey, happy February, everybody. VegCast. For VegCast 77, we're going to the frozen north. VegCast. A full menu from first to last. VegCast. Of course, even in the south, or at least as far south as we are here in Philadelphia, it is also frozen, but on VegCast 77, we are going to be going to Toronto to take a look at an event organized by Ashkan Hubuti called Vegan Rock, uh, which will feature vegan and vegetarian musicians playing uh, songs about uh, veganism, vegetarianism, and a wide variety of topics, and also have uh, vegan food available there. We always Enjoy saluting vegan and vegetarian musicians here on VegCast and uh, hearing some new ones. And we're going to be hearing a couple of those, including Ashkin Hubuti himself. So that will be coming up. We also will have a science fact, this one about dolphins. And nobody is going to be astonished to learn that uh, dolphins are very intelligent. But now uh, more and more scientists are actually saying uh, that dolphins should be treated as members of the moral community. Uh, They should uh, be accorded moral standing. And we're going to take a look at uh, the studies and uh, the opinions there and all that's coming up. So I invite you to sit back and relax and crank up your audio playback device as we deliver to you this 77th edition of Okay, let's go right into our interview with Ashkan Hubuti about vegan rock, but I do have to alert you that Ashkin was on a cell phone and uh, this sound quality is not exactly as pristine and crystalline as that when I had my iRiver out uh, on Gary Francione's desk on the last VegCast and just uh, we were sitting there uh, chatting a couple feet away from each other. Uh, this is it's part of the romance of this, see, because it's international, uh, this podcast. So please uh, bear with us as we find out Uh, about Vegan Rock, how it started, what it is, when it is, where it is, and everything else. Okay, joining us right now on VegCast is Ashkan Hubuti, uh, one of the organizers, if not the organizers, of Vegan Rock uh, up there in Toronto. Ashkan, welcome to VegCast. Thank you very much. And thanks for being here. And uh, first of all, let's uh, explain to the listeners what vegan rock is and uh, what what the uh, parameters are what uh, what can people expect uh, vegan rock is uh, basically a fundraiser um, it's a benefit show slash bake sale um, for the Toronto Vegetarian Association um, a couple years ago uh, it was my first time going to the, the Toronto Vet Fair and I was just kind of blown away by how well it was put together and organized by the committee and um I decided that there should be a way that I can uh, give back. So this was my way of giving back. Okay, and this is this is a uh, more of a music themed event than the the food fair. Although I guess they do have uh, musicians there, uh, but uh, music is the main draw here. Music, it's kind of divided. Um, so there, this year there will be four performers, and then alongside them, and about five or six tables or so, there will be about ten big. Prepared uh, 
different varieties of vegan desserts, be it cupcakes or... And uh, so there will be food. We don't have to worry about people coming and starving. What is uh, what is the musical lineup like? And will uh, you've sent us uh, some MP3s. We're going to kind of uh, splice those in as we're talking so people can hear, uh, get some idea of uh, what these are. But who do you have uh, lined up to play? Um, all of the musicians are uh, from Toronto. They're local. Um, so we have Robert Hedge headlining. Uh, we have uh, Dream Awake, who actually recently came to Toronto from Australia. Uh, we have More Than Breathing, and we have Dennis. Um, I've decided to keep it fairly low-key and um, not too intense. I mean, it, like the name is vegan rock, but it's not necessarily loud and and uh, pummeling, aggressive music. It's more it's folk-oriented, a little bit of country influence, and uh, overall good vibes. Well, and you had uh, you told me that you had a similar rule that uh, to that that I have on VegCast, which is all the musicians uh, that I, or all the bands uh, that I play have to have at least uh, a vegetarian member, and any solo artist uh, needs to be vegetarian. And you you had something like that for this, right? Absolutely. Um, all of the musicians are herbivores, and that's a rule of mine. Um, I've held true to the uh, to the sentiment that. Vegetarians and vegans rock harder. Vegetarians and vegans rock harder. Yes. Now you said it wasn't; it was going to be more folk, but now it sounds again that you're uh, leaning into that uh, kind of headbanging area. Well, you know, it, it's uh, I don't know, it, it's a sentiment. Like I said, I think I think they're they're excellent musicians, and something about it. I don't know. They can just bring the twang and make uh, make the melodies really reverberate and sound great. The music for the night is going to be incredible, and I'm. I'm really excited for it. Okay. Well, let, uh, let's just uh, listen to uh, some of the Robert Hedge first. After 3 a.m. last night, I rode in from the bar looking towards sleeping in and going to the park the sounds that i awoke to made me dress and run outside we lost one in the alley he had fallen from the sky lost one in the alley after falling from the sky Didn't get to sleep last night I was thinking about the time I drove you to the hospital And they said you almost died I've never seen a ghost before But I'd like to see you now We lost you in Manhattan But I've never seen that town Lost ya in Manhattan, but I've never seen that town. Ain't got time to wait. Struggling with right words to say. I won't hesitate. Say what. 
thinking about sleeping in and playing my guitar. The sounds that I awoke to sent a shiver up my spine. The last one in the alley, he had fallen from the sky. Okay, and it's mostly instrumental from there. And do you have any info about Robert Hedges? I mean, obviously, these Toronto musicians, uh, we have listeners worldwide. Not everybody's going to be able to get to Toronto to, uh, to hear Vegan Rock itself. But uh, you have some f- familiarity with these uh, musicians. And uh, can you fill us in on any of their, uh, you know, what, the, what their stories are, what they've been doing, anything like that? Uh, with the exception of Dennis, I've, I've shared the stage with these performers before. Fantastic. Robert Hedge uh, has been in the independent music business for a number of years. Uh, I've certainly learned a lot from him. Um, he's, he, does, he has a few different um, projects on the go. He's a part of a band called uh, Bellwood. And, um, so he has some of the, the country influence, but a lot of it is uh, folk-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, Dream Awake, again, he, he came... To, uh, Canada about a year and a half ago from Australia and um, his sounds are significantly more louder but at the same time digestible if you will um, okay. it's easy to listen to and it's uh, certainly catchy um, Dennis, um, Dennis tends to be um, a lot more experimental interesting sounds I'm excited to see him play but yeah that, that's uh, the bulk of what I know from uh, the musicians playing okay and uh, the other one, More Than Breathing? More Than Breathing? Uh, that's me. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. That's always a, a good strategy by a promoter to get uh, get yourself in there. So you're a, uh, a long-time musician yourself. You said you'd shared the sh- stage with uh, at least three of these these acts, uh, and you've been uh, doing that up there in Toronto. Yes, sir. Um, I've, I've been doing this project for maybe five years or so. Um, I've been playing music for a long time, but uh, I actually have a history in metal, so it's taken a significant turn um, playing folk music, but uh, it's interesting. I think it all fits in well. It's this seamless, you know, blend between acts. Like Robert Hedge and I have a, a lot of similarities uh, music-wise. So. Okay. Well, let's, uh, you sent us a track uh, from, from this act, and th- is this uh, just you solo, or do you have uh, people uh, helping you out on this? Um, there's a few different things you'll hear on it, like an um, electric guitar and, and different shakers and stuff, but it's all me. Okay, great. Somewhere between
Okay, so you've uh, you've been a musician for a while, and uh, I, if you're organizing vegan rock, I assume that you're a vegan. Is that accurate? Yes. And how long has that been going on, and how did that come about? I became vegan on November 1st, World Vegan Day. I thought it was a, it was a good time to do it, make the switch. And okay. I was vegetarian for two years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Was there, was there any uh, particular uh, thing that uh, influenced you in that in, uh, in 2005 or in 2003 that made you go in that direction? I actually had a difficult time with it because uh, I'm, when I was um, vegan, I moved to a different city, um, albeit it was a big metropolitan city, it was Toronto, so there was a lot of uh, vegan and vegetarian restaurants, but at the same time, I was, and uh, um, the help that I did get eventually was from the Toronto Vegetarian Association, so for that, you know, I'd, I'd be forever grateful, and then uh, it's just another reason why I'm doing Vegan Rock and raising funds for that organization. Great. Sounds great. And uh, let me just ask, do you have, uh, I mean, do you tend to do material that uh, reflects uh, veganism in in content, the bulk of it, or is it just uh, you happen to just be a vegan and you're, you know, trying to do kind of more mainstream topics? Um, Recently, I've actually switched instrumental music so as far as lyrical content there is none um, but before uh, you know I had to do anything with vegetarianism per se mm-hmm. um, it was an interest of mine and I've been considering it but no it's nothing I've ever pursued well it sounds like uh, you have the chops so you can keep uh, keep that in mind in case uh, you come up with the next vegan anthem there is it is vegan rock uh kind of a one-time thing that you're hoping to do just to raise money for the toronto vegetarian association or are you looking to make it into an annual event uh actually the first vegan rock happened last year in oh okay February 2009 well i guess it is an annual event then yes it, and it um it was so successful that i decided that it should be annual um so this is the second year and um i'm going to be doing it for as, uh, as long as possible because I think last year we made, um, we raised just under $1,200, and this year I'm shooting for 1600 Okay, great. And uh, so if anyone happens to be around the Toronto area or plans to be going through Toronto this coming weekend, uh, what, what should they do to find out more about where this is, when it is, and everything else? Well, if they're on Facebook, then I can certainly find it there. Just type in Vegan Rock. Otherwise, you can go to the uh, Toronto Vegetarian Web Association's website. Um, but it's, it's happening February 4th on a Thursday, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the event starts at 9 o'clock. Okay, great. And we'll put that uh, link in our show notes yeah. uh, so people can find that. And, uh, Ashkin, I wish you uh, the best with Vegan Rock. Thanks for sending us uh, some music to play. Uh, on that, we always enjoy uh, kind of spotlighting new vegetarian-oriented uh, artists and, and acts here on VegCast. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, Vegan Rock becoming an institution and, uh, and rocking Canada, but, but not rocking too hard. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks for being on VegCast. Okay, bye. All right. Science. 
our science fact for VegCast 77 from the Sunday Times of London. Scientists say dolphins should be treated as non-human persons. And the story goes like this. Dolphins have long been recognized as among the most intelligent of animals, but many researchers had placed them below chimps. Dolphins have been declared the world's second most intelligent creatures after humans, with scientists suggesting they are so bright that they should be treated as non-human persons. Studies into dolphin behavior have highlighted how similar their communications are to those of humans and that they are brighter than chimpanzees. These have been backed up by anatomical research showing that dolphin brains have many key features associated with high intelligence. The researchers argue that their work shows it is morally unacceptable to keep such intelligent animals in amusement parks or to kill them for food or by accident when fishing. Some 300,000 whales, dolphins, and porpoises die in this way each year. Uh, Further down, uh, it says the studies show how dolphins have distinct personalities, a strong sense of self, and can think about the future. It has also become clear that they are cultural animals, meaning that new types of behavior can quickly be picked up uh, by one dolphin from another. So let me just uh, interpolate here. Uh, When we talk about being able to have distinct personalities, strong sense of self, being able to think about the future, uh, you may remember back as far as VegCast 1 or maybe VegCast 2 uh, when our science fact was chickens think about the future. So if uh, being able to think about the future is something that makes it morally unacceptable to kill a particular kind of being, uh, it seems like we should be looking at the billions and billions of chickens that are being killed. But, of course, uh, the scientists seem to think that it has specifically to do with one's intelligence or brightness. And uh, there, I think, we're, we have a little bit of uh, the human chauvinism showing through. Uh, and, of course, the question of whether dolphins are the second most <laughs> intelligent species or not, uh, I think, is an open one. Uh, but there is, I, I should be sure to include this, there is actual anatomical uh, evidence that may uh, make that case, uh, depending on uh, whether we assume that the scientists can measure uh, which elements of the anatomy, which uh, which measure of uh, certain anatomical parts are the most relevant. Uh, the passage here is what Marino and her colleagues found, and that's Lori Marino, a zoologist at Emory University in Atlanta. Uh, what they found was that the cerebral cortex and neocortex of bottlenose dolphins were so large that the anatomical ratios that assess cognitive capacity place it second only to the human brain. They also found that the brain cortex of dolphins, such as the bottlenose, had the same convoluted folds that are strongly linked with human intelligence. Such folds increase the volume of the cortex and the ability of brain cells to interconnect with each other, despite evolving along a different neuro and anatomical trajectory to humans. Cetacean brains have several features that are correlated with complex intelligence, Marino said. Marino and Rice will present their findings at a conference in San Diego, California next month, concluding that the new evidence about dolphin intelligence makes it morally repugnant to mistreat them. And uh, Thomas White, professor of ethics at Loyola Marymount University, Los Angeles, said the scientific research suggests that dolphins are non-human persons who qualify for moral standing 
as individuals. And I wanted to report on this, uh, this science fact, this uh, growing consensus among scientists uh, that uh, there are some animals, some non-human animals that qualify f- uh, for membership in the moral community. Um, I do agree with those who say that uh, membership in the moral community should not be predicated on intelligence. But at the same time, I applaud uh, the the blurring of the line or the erasing of an arbitrary line that has divided humans and non-human animals uh, all this time. And I believe that once we do cross over that line, uh, it is a slippery slope, and that's why uh, a lot of people don't want to acknowledge something as obvious as the fact that dolphins are pretty much as intelligent and as fully developed as persons as are human beings. Um, But I do think that, yes, it will be a slippery slope to uh, go on and say, well, if this level of intelligence somehow makes you magically a a person, a non-human person, what about this one that's right next to it, Uh, and so forth. And uh, we will, of course, keep track of that uh, as rigorously as ever, as we always do here on the Science all right, given that VegCast 77 was an hour or more, we're going to try to keep this one under a half hour and wrap it up. But uh, stay tuned for more upcoming in 2010 and even in the next few weeks. Plenty of stuff going on. We have the Vegan Pledge coming to fruition in a couple of weeks. We'll be checking in on that. Uh, there's a fancy-schmancy new vegetarian restaurant opening. Got to find out. About that, uh, book authors will be stopping by to let us know about uh, some books having to do with animals, having to do with veganism, uh, all kinds of stuff. But right now, we are out of here. Yes. We are closing up shop for now, heading out the door on VegCast 77. But before we go, I want to be sure to thank our guest, Ashkin Hubuti, for letting us know all about vegan rock. Keep on rocking in the V world. And, of course, that information will be in our show notes if you're planning on checking that out. That's this Thursday. And as I said, we will be back with lots more next time. Thank you for downloading VegCast and or subscribing to it. Until next time, get out there and live like you mean it. Veg.